How are we doing, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Big D Podcast on the Spunky Spectrum Sports Network. I am Alex. I'm back again. It is not quite a Monday, and uh, since the Super Bowl, you know, things slowed down a little bit, but they're really, uh, you know, the NFL, it's always moving. There's always something to talk about, and uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on in the NFL today, So, uh, right now, so I'm glad to be back here on the uh, on the show to talk about it. Uh, before we get too far in, uh, make sure you always, 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 always like the video, subscribe to the channel so you can see all of Dylan's content. He's pushing out content all the time and he's got some really good, uh, uh, really good stuff, really good things he talks about on there. So make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you like uh, listening on any music uh, services, you can listen on Spotify and Apple Music there as well. And the Big D himself, Mr. Dylan, welcome to your show, sir. Thank you for that kind introduction, Alex. Also, if you like my trivia, you can have, you can send me some fun trivia questions. There you go. Dylan's Dylan's the best sports trivia person I know. And that cat and that cat is <laughs> and, that, and that cat is apparently interested in this episode too. Yep, you know, uh, we're a man of the people, man of the animals. It's it is what it is. Meow. <laughs> so we want to get this kicked off. I think we're gonna be uh, talking some franchise tag. You know, uh, a lot of teams making, uh, trying to make sure that they keep some of their stars, and uh, it seems like they did that uh, over the last couple of days. We can kick off in a city that's. Had a lot of news lately and a lot of good news. Uh, the Green Bay Packers put the franchise tag on Devontae Adams, keeping their star receiver locked in, at least for another year. And obviously, I don't think that would have happened if it wasn't for the big news of Aaron Rodgers breaking the day before. But, you know, uh, Devontae Adams, you like the tag for Adams? I mean, you kind of feel I kind of feel like it had to happen once once we knew A-Rod was coming back. The franchise tag was not was not only coming, but it was necessary for Green yeah. Bay because you can't bring you can't give Aaron Rodgers a two hundred million dollar contract and not bring bring, bring back his wingman. That would have been like that would have been like Matthew Stafford about Cooper Cup. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he's obviously one of the most talented receivers in the NFL. Um, he the connection between him and Rogers. I mean, I think everyone was saying when it, when people weren't sure if Rogers was going to, uh, you know, go to Denver or go to any other, really any other team other than green Bay. I think almost the consensus was that, you know, Devonta Adams might just fall him wherever he goes. So obviously I think the ideal situation for Packers fans, obviously. And uh, I think for them as well is to, you know, get the gang back together and uh, give it another shot in Green Bay and see if they can finally get over that playoff hump because it's been it's been an unfortunate run in the playoffs for the Packers lately. But it would have been it would have been a lot harder without those two guys. So I'm sure Packers fans are excited to have them back. Yeah, so that means we'll hear all fantasy owners will hear Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams another touch. And I'm like, we've only seen that 952 times the last decade or so. Yeah, I mean they're they're one of the best one-two punches we've seen in a long time. So it's uh you know fantasy and I it's it's a good fantasy spot too. I mean if you want to go on the fantasy side of things, I mean you you send you send Aaron Rodgers and and Devonte Adams. Obviously those two people. It's just assuming that they went to a new team together. Uh, obviously those two alone can 
completely change an offense, but still, I mean, just having the comfortability, you know, the, the connections and the, um, the, the familiarity that they have with the green Bay staff, with the rest of the green Bay team, I think it's a W for, uh, for fantasy, uh, uh, for the next season. Anyway, Devonta Adams is going to be probably mid late round first pick like he normally is. Um, and, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers will be, you know, he's dropped off a little bit in the quarterback rankings, I think for, for, uh, fantasy, but you know, he's still going to be one of the guys that you're looking to get at, at the quarterback position. I think this, I think this, uh, investment also shows that green Bay's willing to spend money because we've seen with the Packers because green Bay is a unique situation because the Packers don't have an owner like every other team seemingly right. professional sports. So the fact that Green Bay not only kept its stars but paid Aaron Rodgers and franchise tag Devontae Adams means that the Packers all all in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you've got Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the Green Bay Packers have had a stud quarterback since longer than I've been alive. So you you definitely don't want I obviously I mean Maybe not obviously, but it doesn't really necessarily seem like they have the most faith in Jordan Love. I mean, they it was it was such an interesting. I mean, I think they shocked the world really when they drafted him in the first round. Anyway, but considering the amount of money they just threw at Aaron Rodgers, it definitely seems like um, they they're happy with with where the team has been the last couple seasons. Obviously, they want a little bit more success in the playoffs, but. You know, you're you're taking a chance moving on from that guy. And I don't think uh, really when they sat down and talked about it, I don't think there's not a chance in, in the world that they wanted to move on from Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I think it's best of both worlds for everyone involved. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be nice to see them strap up in the green and gold again next year. So uh, speaking of a uh, franchise tag for wide receivers, there was a wide receiver just up the road from us who uh, – Got uh, the franchise tag for the second consecutive year. That would be a Tampa Bay Bucks stall, Chris Godwin. Yeah, you know, I mean, big day for a couple of big name receivers. Uh, obviously, not so good of a day for uh, Calvin Ridley throughout this last week. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, Chris Godwin, Tampa's got to be one of the most interesting teams that I'm uh, looking forward to watching next season just because, A, is Brady going to come back? You know, I, I, I think there's a lot of people who don't necessarily believe that his retirement is uh, going to stick, which I believe, I believe you are one of those people, you know, I I'm, I'm just so glad that he's finally retired. I'm just hoping it's going to be for good, but you know, I mean, do I see him coming back? I think there's a, a, a good chance it could happen, but you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've got some star players. I mean, they've got a great, team i mean the reason obviously tom brady was a big part of their success but tom brady had a lot of help i mean with mike evans with chris godwin with leonard Fournette, with the studs on the defense i mean they still have a good team it's just going to be the question on who's going to be you know throwing the ball to chris godwin next season but i can't wait to, i'm very interested to see what uh, tampa bay does this offseason i think they're definitely one of the most interesting teams to watch for sure I would argue the Bucs needed the franchise Chris Godwin because with his injury history, you couldn't give him a long-term deal. You, I mean, you can give Cooper Cup a long-term deal because he's dependable. He's always there every Sunday. But with Godwin coming off a 20 ACL, you can't give him a big deal. So wait until 
So given the franchise tag, see what he does this year. And of course, Godwin can play a whole 17-game season. Then maybe I think you consider giving him a long-term deal, particularly with an uncertainty over whether Tom Brady's coming back, over uh, who's the other, who's the, uh, who are the other quarterbacks in Tampa now? Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbard. I mean, it'd be, it'd be a drop-off from Tom Brady to Blaine Gabbard or Kyle Trask. Yeah, a drop-off. I mean, that's, that's jumping off a mountain, it seems like, but um, okay. yeah, I mean, that, Okay, that big Mount Everest to the uh, to uh, a Florida Barrier Island in elevation. Yeah, somewhere down in up in Gainesville, I guess. You know, for if we've got the Kyle Trask, you may as well just land him right there. But no, I mean, it, the the quarterback position is obviously the uh, the big factor for Tampa Bay next season. I mean, I think they're hopeful Tom Brady comes back. I don't know if they're necessarily confident Tom Brady will come back because when, you know, when a player announces retirement, you've got to at least think he's not fully in it anymore. So at the very least, you have to have a little bit of concern. If he's not, if he's, if, if it's Tom Brady, the man who says he wants to play till he's 50 and he says he's, he's done, you know, you have to put at least a little bit of stock into that, but you know, I, I completely agree with you as far as the Chris Chris Godwin front goes. You know, he he has had some problems staying on the field. He's got immense talent, and uh, it's it's a great one two punch with um with uh, Mike Evans over there in Tampa. You got Jalen Darden as a nice little rookie over there as well. I mean, they've got a really solid receiver core, and uh, they're solidifying it for at least this season. And it's a great point. I mean, see if he can last a full season. See where his uh, production is, and especially with the quarterback situation, whether it's Kyle Trask throwing him the ball, whether it's playing Gabbert throwing him the ball, whether they bring in a free agent to throw him the ball, it'll definitely um, you can you can get a nice little uh, 17 game stretch to kind of assess Chris Godwin and, and decide if you want to give him a long term deal after the year. So now we go from wide receivers to our favorite teams and. Both uh, Alex's Dolphins and my Jags put the franchise tag on uh, key pieces. Uh, first, Alex, uh, the Miami Dolphins franchise tagged uh, Mike Gesicki, meaning their uh, young tight end will be in the fold next year. What did you think about that? Yeah, so I'm really excited. I'm really excited the Dolphins tagged Gesicki. You know, obviously the two – um, big guys who are up for a contract extension renewal, whatever you want to call it, is Mike Gesicki and Emmanuel Ogba. And I think Dolphins fans were kind of going back and forth uh, over the last couple months, really, since the season's ended, uh, over who, if we can re-sign both, if they're willing to re-sign both, we're only going to lose one. If we lose one, who would we rather lose? So I like, the, I like giving Gesicki the tag. You know, the Dolphins have the most cap space in the NFL, so you, there's still a lot of room to work with. Um, see how Mike McDaniel and Tua can really get the best out of Mike Kosicki because the man is a beast. I mean, he's 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 baby Gronk. I mean, he's one of the most athletic. Baby Gronk? Baby <laughs> Gronk? I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's one of the most athletic tight ends in the, in the NFL. It's It's just – the fact of the matter and it's a player that is a weapon for two and it's a player that Miami Dolphins fans love and it's a player that I think Mike McDaniel is going to love to coach obviously you know he's been working with Greg Kittle over there in San Francisco for the George last couple of years what George Kittle I say Greg Kittle 
my fault. George Kittle. Yes. He's been working with George Kittle over in San Francisco for the last couple of years. Uh, I just hope it, I just hope it means that Emmanuel Ogbach gets uh, extended because really at the end of the day, that pass rush, um, Ogbo was a big part of that. We've got some great young pieces on the defensive line that I hope we uh, keep together, but adding Gusecki's it's, I think it's something that, that Dolphins fans wanted. I think it's something that the front office wanted. Really the only concern about it is, you know, I, I'm not sure if you saw this, but people are wondering if he's going to file a grievance to be tagged as a receiver to get an extra eight mil. I believe Jimmy Graham might've uh, tried to make that same grievance back probably 10, 15 years ago, if I had to guess. Um, so I don't think that would happen. Um, you know, low key, I hope it doesn't happen because I want as much money in salary cap as possible. But, um, you know, I think he has a fair shout, but you know, the NFL is weird. I don't think they're going to be able to let him swing that, but just an interesting point. I hate to say it, Alex, but, uh, Mike is not baby Gronk because Rafkin Kelsey may be the best run blocking tight end we've ever seen. And I haven't yeah. seen Mike Kosicki block in four years. Yeah. Mike Kosicki is not a blocking tight end. He is a wide receiver in a tight end's body. You're right. And I, um, I do – I am interested in seeing what Mike McDaniel does with – Gesicki because he, I mean, George Kittle became a stall in San Francisco. So maybe Gesicki's got to be better as a run blocker so then he can be that security blanket for two over the middle. You've got Jalen Wallace. You've got some nice pieces. Just get an offensive line and a number one running back, and all of a sudden the Dolphins look pretty decent. Yeah, absolutely. As long as Tua, you know. I mean, it really comes down to two at the end of the day. But Jacksonville Jaguars, you guys, um, you guys tagged a, a lineman, correct? Um, Cam, Cam Robinson again, again. Oh yeah, second straight season, sixteen point six six two mil on the cap. What do you? What's your thoughts on on uh, keeping Cam Robinson around? I mean. Cam's not my favorite player in the league, but I I think Cam's a really good run blocker. He's not the most athletic left tackle on me. You, you don't want him against TJ Watt all night, but I think Cam's a really good run blocker. And, and um, you know, with Trevor Lawrence there, we've got to have the most stable offensive line there. So, um, as you know, the Jaguars always seemingly have cap space. So, right. you know, Cam, if he's – if he's the left tackle and potentially, I don't know what the Jacks are doing for each and see, maybe they look, maybe they're satisfied with the other guy, Kellen Taylor or Little, the staff, the attack we drafted from Stanford. Yeah. If not, you know, if the Jacks don't need linemen, then maybe this takes us out of the alignment when we get the, um, where we don't look at the, uh, NC State tackle or Alabama's Evan Neal, maybe we'd look at probably Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson with the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, on honestly, I didn't know who Cam Robinson was when I saw that the franchise, when the Jaguars tagged him. Um, but there's not really a whole lot of players on the Jaguars I'm super familiar with. But now that I know I sure hope I sure hope you know the quarterback. I do know the quarterback, and that's kind of where I'm going with this. I mean, is can okay? So what? I I think at least you know for Trevor Lawrence's sake, you want to keep the offensive line, 
you 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 need to keep some familiar familiarity there. So being able to tag his left tackle, I mean, it's it's the most important position on the offense lines, protecting his blind spot, protecting his blind spot. You know, it's it's a sense of familiarity, it's a sense of timing, and um, you know, being able to keep a, a left tackle like that is, I think, going to help Trevor Lawrence. I mean, there might be an, they might need a couple more pieces on that offensive line, a couple more, obviously some weapons. I mean, the Jaguars need a lot to be completely honest with you. I could kind of make a list, but um, you know, I think at least for familiarity's sake, you know, keep he's, he's got potential. It seems like he seems like he's, I mean, not, they must like him to be able to tag him for two years in a row. So I definitely think, I mean, if you're looking at a left tackle and you've got a guy you like, may as well give him the tag and make sure he's make sure he stays to protect that blind spot for, um, for Trevor. I don't know. I don't know how much content I can provide on a on a Jacksonville Jaguars offensive lineman, but I'm trying my best here. <laughs> but um, let me see. We've hit the Jaguars. We've hit the Dolphins. We hit uh, a couple big receivers. I want to know, Dylan, is there any franchise tag that a team placed that? that either they placed or that they didn't place that gave that surprised you a little bit. That made you a little like, huh, I didn't see that coming. Be honest. I wasn't be honest. I was shocked that New England Patriots didn't franchise JC Jackson yesterday. I mean, have you, has anybody seen JC Jackson play football? I'm sorry. Wait, you mean, I'm sorry. You mean, Southwest Florida's own JC JC Jackson. Thank you, uh, Amakalis. To be Jackson, but uh, JC Jackson been one of the best defensive backs in football the last couple of years. How about this? Seventeen interceptions in his last couple of seasons. Yeah, no, he's he's been a stud for them. I and I mean, I'll, I'll let you go on, but uh. It's surprising that the Patriots just didn't let him, just didn't franchise him. And yeah, New England's not been a heavy franchise tag user. I remember New England using the Patriots using a franchise tag on Stephen Gutzkowski a few years ago. But it is a little surprising that New England didn't try harder to keep J.C. Jackson out. You know, we don't know what Bill Belichick's thinking. He's probably. He's probably got all kinds of formulas saying, like, we can get him at this seal, we can get him at this seal. But if J.C. Jackson's allowed to test free agency next week, somebody's going to throw a whole bunch of money at him. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, J.C. Jackson was one of my picks as well as, as someone who I was, I was definitely surprised because, you know, obviously Bill Belichick is a defensive-minded coach. Uh, you know, he's got to – obviously know how big of an asset jc jackson is to that defense you know whether i mean you know uh new england made a big splash in free agency last year so maybe you know after spending so much money last season they either but i mean it's the tag so i'm just i'm really surprised that they didn't that they didn't throw the tag on like you said they're not a huge franchise tag guy but you know cornerbacks attract a lot of money obviously we know it very well in miami with the Xavier howard uh drama that we had throughout last season but i mean to be able to keep him on the books for another year at what less than 20 mil i mean i, I don't know what the tag i can't remember the tag 17 something i think it's like 17 million yeah so i mean to be able to tag him for 17 million have one of 
uh, probably a top five to seven cornerback in the league, I think is fair to say. Um, it's, it's very surprising to me that the New England Patriots would be okay with having him test out free agency. But, you know, I've heard a couple, which I can't put too much stock into this, but um, I've heard a little bit of rumors that Miami might be interested in taking a poke at uh, J.C. Jackson. It would, it would, uh, we'd have to get rid of Byron Jones, but I think J.C. Jackson, Xavier Howard might be one of the sickest defensive back combos the league has seen in a long time. Let's just say uh, this: you've got a ball hawking corner and a ball hawking corner. Yep, we're gonna get intercept the other team. We're gonna get give to it. Just get two of the ball as much as possible. We're just defense. Just give the ball back to two and give him as many opportunities as he can to score. I guess. Nah, but um, you know, it's definitely you know I'm happy to see it because uh, we play them twice a year, and I don't want to play J.C. Jackson twice a year. And hey, maybe if he's on the Dolphins, that'd be even more of a bonus. But. You know I hate, what? I hate to say it. There might be a team. There might be a team in California and Florida and Florida that could challenge that. Maybe even a team in Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's gonna have suitors all around the league. I mean, he's he's one of the better corners in the NFL. I mean, I'm sure. And you know, it, you can't have too many cornerbacks. I mean, it seems like every draft Miami drafts a cornerback in the second or third round, and they don't necessarily always pan out, but. Uh, our safety pick and Javon Holland did, so we'll take that. But uh, no, I mean, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there's going to be, like you said, Vegas. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that are could definitely use a corner and have the money to be able to pro- possibly throw at them. But it'll be definitely, I- I'm interested to see how that market responds to him joining. Obviously, it does also affect um, Xavier Howard because Xavier Howard's looking for a new contract. It seems like J- Xavier Howard's always looking for a new contract, but you know, uh, whether J.C. Jackson's number is above Xavier Howard's, which leads to him wanting to get bumped. It's definitely a situation I'm going to be keeping my eye on. But um, I'm going to mix it up, mix it up a little bit. You know, it's been a big day. It's It was a big day for tight ends in the franchise tag. But one one tight end that got the tag kind of threw me off a little bit. The uh, Cleveland Browns tagging David Njoku. Um, interesting move, I thought. Um they have Austin Hooper, who I think is a better tight end than David Njoku. David Njoku played four games for the Cleveland Browns in 2019, played 13 games for them in 2020. He did play 16 games for them last year with 36 receptions, 475 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, is David Njoku the guy that you look at the Cleveland roster and you think we have to keep this guy in the building? Apparently he is, but that isn't necessarily the pick I would have thought that they would do. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on Njoku getting getting tagged? I can understand him, but be honest, if I'm Cleveland, why not just give him why not just give him like a short-term deal and yeah, the tight end franchise tag is fall friendly and then the wide receiver and tackle defensive line or quarterback tag, but Still, I I don't I don't think the Browns needed to keep David and Joker because Cleveland's got a good tight end pool. I mean, also they paid Austin Hooper a lot of money a few years ago. Yeah, and I think they still have the Brian kid from Florida Atlantic. But you know, yes, Kevin Stefanski wants to run a lot of two tight end offense, and Cleveland doesn't have a great receiving pool. But um, 
you know, something tells me there'd be more moves coming. You wonder if Austin Hooper's on the training block. You wonder maybe even Ninjoku's on the training block. I mean, I, I don't know what will happen. I mean, but, you know, the Browns ultimately traded and got rid of all their Beckham for what peanuts on the dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's just whether they want to have two two tight end sets, and and they figured either tagging tagging Joku was. I mean, I guess really where it comes down to, from the way I can see it, is they're sitting here thinking David Njoku for ten million is better than a free agent tight end we could bring in for ten million or less or more. So I mean. Or they want to trade him or Austin Hooper. I don't really know what they're thinking. I mean, I remember David Njoku being a name that people were talking about in pre-fantasy football drafts and mostly talking about not to draft him. So uh, as far as his contribution to the Cleveland Browns organization, you know, I think, I don't know. I I I I don't think he's that good of a tight end. To be completely honest with you, I think Austin Hooper is a better factor. Having two guys is definitely nice. Uh, two guys that you can somewhat depend on, but just a weird move to tag him. I don't know. I think, like you said, you could have given him a two-year deal, a one-year deal uh, on a low contract. I mean, I can't imagine he'd be demanding much out of his contract. So I don't know. Just a weird move. Definitely a weird move. I was very surprised by it. And uh, I agree with you absolutely about the J.C. Jackson move as well. So, uh, Alex, tell me one forty agent who could uh, change a team, and it and it's not somebody we've mentioned so far. A free agent who could change a team. Hmm. Let me. I'm trying to think of. Exactly who's coming up for free agency. Um, you go first, Dylan. Why me? Because <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, honestly, it'd be – I think the Miami Dolphins need an offensive lineman, and I think Taron Armstead from the, from the New Orleans Saints would be – a very nice addition to the Miami Dolphins. I'm just going to go go with the Homer pick. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not the sexiest uh, addition to the team, but um, sometimes you need those big, sexy guys up front to uh, really make that team go. And um, the, the Miami Dolphins offensive line has been severely hurting for a very long time. They try and address it through the draft time and time again, and it doesn't work. Uh, it just seems that the Miami Dolphins confuse me because they try and draft all these offensive linemen and then sign all of these running backs in free agency when I really want them to sign a stud offensive lineman in free agency and draft all of these running backs. Like it's, they, they really have had it flipped on me. And, um, you know, having Taron Armstead, he's an, he's a veteran offensive tackle. He's been one of, the stalwarts of the Saints offensive line for a very long time. And I think he'd be a great addition to the Miami Dolphins offensive line. So, I mean, I think he's definitely a big shout. And, um, yeah, that's my number one pick. I can go back for another one after I you. Think, I think Olmstead's interesting because, yeah, he's been hurt. But if he's healthy, 
He's a veteran. He's a he's not just a great left tackle. He's a great leader. Yeah. And the Dolphins need a leader on that offense line because it seems like every year Dolphins offense lines are rotating quarter of pampered misfits. Rookies and villains, exactly. But uh, I think you got the right team, but you got the wrong side of the ball. I think think Marcus Williams is very interesting. So Miami? Oh, oh, no, no, in general. Gotcha, yeah. Because he's only, what, 26 years old. And, yes, I think teams are undervaluing the safety position. I mean, we'll see what uh, uh, Notre Dame – where – Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton's drafted, but I think Marcus Williams is a great player. He's only getting better. You want a you want a versatile safety, especially up in the box. I think Marcus Williams is a guy. Yeah. And unlike the Seahawks, which trade two first round picks, all you have to do is give him for Jamal Adams. All you have to do is give Marcus Williams the most money. Yep, exactly. It's it's there. You ain't got to worry about phone calls back and forth with another GM. You don't got to worry about swapping this pick, the fourth for a third and a second and two seconds and two ones. It's just all about the money, baby. You, you write that check. And if you're, if your number's higher than the next guy, then that's where a lot of these guys are going to go. Now, but, here's the question. Here's the question. What if one team that's going after him is in New York and another team's in Florida because no state income tax here? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's benefits to every location. I mean, if you're offered the same contract in Miami versus uh, Minnesota, I think uh, uh, Miami might be might have a little bit of, uh, you know, obviously with the tax situation down here in Florida and the fact that it's Miami. Um, <laughs> it definitely I, I think that that does have um, a part to play in it. I mean, you know, everyone it's their you you know we we think about these guys as nfl players and about how you know we think about them going to practice and and we see them on sundays and everything but these guys got to live in these cities i mean obviously they're traveling a lot during the season but you know on those home stretches and on and during those uh practice weeks these guys got to live in these places so they're not only making these decisions based on the team and the fit and everything i mean they they they, they you know i mean who wouldn't want to live in, in down in Miami? I think one name I want to throw out one name really quick. I, I forgot of, I forgot about him. Um, but one interesting free agent I would love to see. I don't know if he's going to resign or if he's if a, another team is going to have some interest in him. But how about Cordell Patterson? Ooh, I mean the man has been seemingly underutilized for a long part of his career, and all of a sudden this last year it just clicked with Cordero Patterson and the Atlanta Falcons offense. I mean, he was what he was a top five running back and for a long time in the, in the in, uh, fantasy football this year. I don't know exactly. I mean, he was a running back receiver, a kind of flex, but I think at least in the running back stats, he was, he was up there for a long time. I'd love to see a team who really needs like a dynamic playmaker, someone that they can, um, you know, use him to the best of his abilities and really, uh, get creative with him, uh, Land Cordero Patterson, which, I mean, honestly, I, I and I know I, I, I must sound like a broken record, but I'd love Miami. To, I'd love to see what um, 
what Mike McDaniel could do with Cordero Patterson considering, I mean, just because, and, and, and I know it's, it sounds stupid because I'm a Dolphins fan. I keep saying the Dolphins, but just think of Debo Samuel. That's all I got to say is Mike McDaniel turned Debo Samuel into the perfect hybrid receiver running back. And why, I mean, Cordero Patterson at least has some similar uh, play styles and uh, a scheming that I feel like he could use with Debo Samuel, but I'm definitely interested to see what happens with Cordero Patterson. You want everybody in Miami at this rate. I do. You want Mitchell Tabisky to back up too, even though he's probably going to New York. Not quite. I don't think I want Mitchell Trubisky to back up to it, but I do want everyone in Miami. I want a Super Bowl down. I'm tired of. I'm tired of mediocrity. Give all right. me all of the players. Spend all of our pennies. All right, Alex. So thanks for hopping on, and uh, hopefully the Dolphins can put together a. Uh, Halfway decent team, and uh, maybe we'll see you in the playoffs. And maybe my Jags will get out in the cellar and maybe pull Cincinnati and make a deep playoff run. Yeah, you know, you never know, man. You never know. Unfortunately, it's a long off season. We're just get kind of getting kicked into it with franchise tags. We got free agency coming up, but uh, and then the draft after that. So you know, it's, we've got some things to look forward to. But you know, it's a long wait till September. But I'm excited to. Uh, to, to be able to talk some more football with you. Thanks for having me get on again, Dylan. It's always a pleasure.